Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. It's Natalie from Awkward Sex, and thank you for listening to another episode of my favorite podcast and hopefully yours, Awkward Sex in the City. So when we do recordings, we actually record about like two hours. And so this episode is about all the stuff that's gotten cut out that were really hilarious stories, but, you know, just didn't make the cut just because... All my guests are so fucking interesting and cool. I want you guys to experience, experience them as much as you possibly can. So have a listen. I hope you love it. And I'll see you on the other side. Um, hi, guys. Welcome to Awkward Sex in the City. Oh, shit. Wait, do you have anything you want me to plug for you? I'm here with Sarah Kennedy. And before I forget, her website is www.sarahkcomedy. Damn it. Did I get it? No, it was it. was it. I do it on socials at Artie, Artie Party, at Artie Party, and then you have at, no, never mind. The website is what again? So, okay, I thought like the eating your placenta thing was disgusting, and I was like, I don't want to touch, it's coming out of me, I don't need it back in me, it's fine, but now looking back with my postpartum and the fact that I didn't breastfeed and the fact that I had an emergency cesarean, I was like, I would chomp on that placenta. I'll take your placenta. I'll take the whole hospital's placenta. <laughs> Whatever it would be to like help my hormones regulate because you lose a ton of hormones and everything drops once you have that baby. See, I didn't know any of this. If I will answer any question. I am the most, obviously I can't keep a secret. I, I talk all the time. I, I'll like, I'm an oversharer, but I think it's so interesting because, and that's what's like the gem of having a mom friend is you go, wait, did you know about like postpartum psychosis versus postpartum anxiety? And they're like, oh my God, I didn't know that. And like everybody is just doing the best that they can. And so you can share and talk to these women and get informed to be like the smartest mom you can be in that situation by having other women help you. Because I truly believe at least the women I've met all want to be just a really good mom. Mm -hmm. You know, I really believe like there are the odd fuse, like I was saying that, you know, parenting is not right for them. It's very sad, all these other things. But the women I've met generally really want to be good, good parents. And it's a natural desire. They just want to be good and help this baby. And so you're all in this together. And that's why I think like if you have a great partner, they truly just want the baby to be happy. Like nobody, it doesn't matter if you don't know about like, older adolescent psychology like you just and this baby's born you just need him to be happy yeah it's pretty simple it's actually pretty simple it's it's a challenge and it's like a new challenge I love being a mom I love the badge of being a mom I love the experience <clears throat> I love like but then I am it, the the self-esteem you you get from this or the self the grad I don't know the the gratitude I have the joy I have all of it is also comes from the struggle of it like it's not just this this perfect thing was placed on me it was like wow I got through the worst cesarean you know the worst experience I thought that could ever be I got through the first week of crying because I couldn't breastfeed and now we're okay like you build and grow 
so much faster than you even feel like it. Like, I'm like, no, I want to sleep five more days. Like, no, you've got to, you've got to figure this shit out. You've got to learn what your baby's eating. You've, he's going to have solids. You have to learn how to cook a bunch of solid foods for him or find, you know, the best foods in the grocery store. So you're growing with this baby. So the work and the exhaustion feels very rewarding. And my husband and I used to have a joke. We're like, when you ask any parent, how is it? They're like, it's so good, but it's so hard, but it's so good, but it's so hard. (laughs) And it's just this like this pattern everyone says. We're like, that's annoying. But I think it goes hand in hand because the hard stuff makes the good stuff feel really good. And you're really proud that you went through the hard stuff. Yeah, it makes because it's sense. such a battle. My two fears with having a kid is one, I am afraid that I will ultimately be like, I resent this kid. I resent mm-hmm. the person that helped me bring it into the world. And I don't think parenting's for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm also very afraid. I've been like crazy independent my whole life. I've mm-hmm. always been a solo person. So I'm very afraid of losing my independence like I yeah. and like losing myself, which I don't think will happen. I've been around enough moms, enough working moms, enough comedian friends, friends that have like kids and they're fine. But I'm so, so afraid of that. I think those are fine fears to have. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, they're great. I, I wouldn't say don't have, I mean, I think that's totally normal. Like to have a fear like that, I believe means that you are conscious of what you don't want to happen. Yeah. And let's so. say, let's say it's happening where the baby's born and I'm, I was very obsessive in the beginning and I was losing independence, but because I so deeply didn't want to be feel stuck or resent this baby, I started doing other things. I started getting a comedian mom group together. I started doing things like, so I, because of that desire, the similar desire, it made me have a spark of like, let me take care of business. You know, the, um, the feeling of like resenting your baby is totally the feeling you have at three in the morning when he's screaming like that's an oh that is a normal thing you're like what is happening what is my life right now I used to be eating pizza at three in the morning walking home drunk and now I am at his like I'm hiding under his crib so that he doesn't know that I'm here because I'm waiting to see if he's gonna sleep but if he needs me I'm gonna put the pacifier in but then I'm gonna sneak down and crawl army crawl out of the room especially from kids, you know, I feel like in teens, especially, you're not going to get that. Like I was telling you as well, I have a friend, my friends in Houston um, who I've known also for the same amount of time I've known Nathan. Mm-hmm. So I met their son when he was three. Mm-hmm. And literally when he was three, I was, I told my friend, I was like, oh, you have such great kids. Um, she has uh, two boys. The older one is like so smart. They're both very smart. And I was like, oh, he's so smart. And I'm like, and you're so lucky you have a little gay, you have a little, you have a little gay child. <laughs> he was three. And like, I was only half joking. Um, because she's, I, I knew how open she was and how thrilled she would be to have again. Mm-hmm. And, but I was serious at the same time. Like yeah, there yeah. is, there is, you know, gator is such a dumb reductive term. I I do think that queer people are literally magic. And I do think they're like plugged into sincerely, like a vibration or whatever, an energy. Uh, but you do, you just know, there's a something about him. Um, he's such a sweet kid. And then, you know, that's 10 years ago. Now he's 13 going on 14 and he came out. Mm-hmm. And I was really what made me the happiest is his mother. Um, he was at our wedding, Nathan and I's wedding, and his mother officiated. And so she's like, you know, already was such an honor to officiate your wedding. You know, asking me to do that meant so much to me. She's like, but at the same time, she's like, now with this and knowing that he got to see me, I'm getting choked up. Uh, knowing that he got to see me do that, 
means even more. Cause like, I can't imagine when I was that age and I was pulled out of the closet, like, but then how different life would have been had I seen my parents do something like that, like be so openly cool and not a, not a big, not making a big fuss, like not making not like sitting him down and being like, just so you know, we love you no matter, like not that just seeing a natural because the kids see everything and everything is taken in mm-hmm. and they process messages all over the place. And so and that counts for politicians that counts for rallies that counts for religious freedom legislation and kids hear those messages and know that it's about them. They know mm-hmm. they, they, they know what it means. And the same works in the inverse where they see this good and this positive and they know when they're safe and they know when they're accepted and celebrated. And so that meant, it meant a lot to me when I saw him this last Thanksgiving, I didn't want to make a big fuss. I didn't want to like embarrass him in front of everybody. I didn't want to do anything. So I waited until he was alone in a room as people were getting meals or drinks or whatever. And I sat down next to him and I handed him a piece of paper that had my husband and I's um, phone number and email addresses on it. And I just gave it to him and I was like, hey, I'm not making a big deal, but this is Nathan and I's phone number and email. If you ever have any questions, you ever want to talk about anything, you know, never hesitate to reach out, you know, you're family now. And so you can, you know, Please, if you ever need anything, we're here for you. And that was it. And he was mm-hmm. like, cool. And he, he was like, he's still 13. He's still, right? You have so to he, like, so he forget. Like, even though like he wasn't, he, he didn't like give me my love Simon, like throw arms around me, Jennifer Garner crying moment. But he did just be like, cool. Thank you. Thanks. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Did you it. fully like, watch just, Love Simon too? Because I, I remember you hated it. I did. It. I hated it so much. See, I did follow. I, I didn't. I mean, truthfully, I don't. I'm glad it exists for other people. But like, it just was so like, it's so like post millennial in a way that I was like, I, I both like hate it. I'm a little like, uh, you have it so easy <laughs> that it makes me a little mad. <laughs> but also it's also like the suburbanness of it all is really what also did it. And it was, it was kind of like normy and more than even any of the way it handled queer issues and like the queer experience. It was just more, I'm very over like, um, overly wise, uh, like millennial voiceover narrators in films. Like there's like, there's yeah, like a trope. You didn't like, you didn't I like hated. Did you watch it all the way through? No, we truly could not. No, we turned it off maybe within twenty minutes. I was like, I to all I the boys I loved before. Oh my god, like it's okay. It's it makes me so happy inside because I just think of like all the fourteen year old weird girls that get to watch it and be like, I like it's like they're like sixteen candles because sixteen candles is like a bullshit movie, but yeah. I loved it growing up. Course, but it has same. like so much nostalgia and like. The main dude is so hot and turns out he's not a dick. And like she is figuring out her shit. And like, I don't know, like, sure, the the yeah, the voiceover, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like if you were okay with sex in the city voiceover, you gotta be okay with all voiceovers. I know, because no. the sex in the city voiceover Disagree. it is punny. Oh, yeah. And it I'm is not, just I'm not like Mah, shut but the it's fuck just up. All these movies. I feel like Easy A was the last one that I'm like, and that's it. Now we're done. That's it. No more. Oh, you know, I only uh, saw just Easy A once and I feel like I that's was good. I really Man. liked. I really liked EZA. I have to watch it again. Now it's just such a, a trope. And there's someone else. There was another tweet. I'm not taking credit for this because it's very funny. But it was a tweet Nathan had found it. But it was like every movie about a queer protagonist written by and for straight people, and it always ends with like, in a way, we all came out that day. <laughs> Heather came out as a field hockey player. Jim came out as a nerd, and me. <laughs> well, I came out as me, and it's like, <laughs> fuck you. I'm like so over, like. <laughs> I get so mad. Um, I need to stop going to therapy before I record. <laughs> it fucks me up. I'm in such a weird headspace afterwards. Like I'm usually just like I was like crying listening to all my friends' LCD sound system like from Bergen Street to here, and I was like, I can't. 
Well, see, that's why I mean, the other night I think I was so emotional too after when I was texting you after those shows because I had, Wednesday. I had therapy yeah, and then I did two shows back to back. And by the end of it, I was like, I have not stopped talking for hours. Oh my God. I've just been talking so much. The last time um, we did a recording here, it was like two weeks ago and I had Oxox the next that night and it was one of my worst sets ever. And then I realized it was because it's one of the, like I never cry in, in therapy because I'm still holding back in so many ways, but I cried that day and I was just like, ah. And I realized I was like, there's literally nothing inside of me. I have nothing to give yeah. anyway. Like not even emotionally, but like performative. I can't do this. So I have got to stop doing that. That yeah. is a note to myself. Yeah, it's nope. tough. Even just after bingo, because like I know bingo is not like as is not emotionally taxing. The bingo that I host at Park Life last Wednesday every month, Papa Bingo Party at Park Life and Gowanus. Plug. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it's still an hour and a half of me just like nonstop talking. And the amount of prep you have to do for it too. You do yes. a lot of prep for that. Yeah. And Nathan's a big help with that, but mm-hmm. I do feel like it's just being like literally on nonstop, even just compared to being on for like six minutes or seven, 10 minutes on a mm-hmm. set. Like, but to do like an hour and a half of constantly talking, I was like, Ugh. so much. Yeah. Speaking of Nate, I don't think I know how you and Nate met each other. You've got to surely. I don't think I do though. I know I you've t- been together a long ass time. You met in Houston. Yeah. We met on MySpace. I was um, in an earlier episode, I don't know, I think you brought it up multiple times, but in your episode, Bobby, talking about using the internet for porn and chat rooms and stuff. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was constantly on chat rooms. I was definitely like looking at porn young. Just, I was just curious. I was saying. Yeah. And nobody in my house knew how to use the computer except for me. So it was like, it was just my play free zone. I also didn't go outside and didn't have any siblings. One time, oh, that sucks. Because my, my mm. brother, like, my parents definitely were not computer savvy, which is why I was, like, masturbating on their computer sure. in their room. But then when my brother, because my brother, what he does is computers. I don't know what it is. I just know he okay. does computers. <laughs> He's explained it, and I, I, I like, my eyes just, like, gloss Laser. over. <laughs> Amazing. But okay. He, he, like, made his own computer when he was, like, 16. And so yeah, I, got I to did go, that. Yeah. See, shit, mm-hmm. like, what? I don't even know what that means. Uh, surprise! It's like a puzzle. It's like Legos. It's surprisingly easy. It's like an electronic Lego. Yeah, and people, people will be like, "Well, how did you learn how to use this software?" And I'm like, "Google, just Google it." Google it. And if you Google it, and there's a word in the explanation that you don't understand, guess what? Google, Google that. that. <laughs> <laughs> like Google University. I went to school for history, and I work entirely in tech for the most part. I didn't I automatically yeah. assumed you did something within no, tech. No, I'm not good at math. I couldn't do it. Oh, wow. But yeah, understanding computers is like, it's just like reading the same tutorial over and over. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah. I don't know though. What was I saying before? I don't remember. Oh, being on porn on the internet, internet chat rooms. Young, yeah. I remember my dad had a web TV. You remember those? Yes, I do. Okay, yes. And they had chat rooms. That's basically all they had. Because mm-hmm. there was no, you couldn't even watch TV on them. Uh-huh. There wasn't Netflix or anything. And I remember getting on there and being like, ASL. I am an 18-year-old surfer girl living in, I have blonde hair. And I have, <laughs> and at the time I did not have blonde hair. I was not 18. <laughs> How you old do you think you were, like 12? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A baby. I was a little baby. Because by the time I was like, actually having sex like 15 16 years old uh, i was not on the internet talking to strangers i was talking to like it was yeah. aim was the thing oh what was your what, oh, what was your screen name i still have my email from high school it's no. now with less carbs that is very hip for your age at that time like low carb um, wasn't 
nearly as popular oh, as no. it was. My mom was obsessed with Oprah. She was on the Atkins diet. Mm-hmm. And she was like, and she put me on a diet because she thought I was chubby and overweight. Oh, LOL, same. I have yeah. been on the Atkins since I was like 14. Oh, she took me to Weight Watchers. She used to like, she refused to buy me normal clothes. I was like, mom, I'm pretty sure I can fit into normal size clothes. And she was like, we have to shop in plus side <gasps> size. So I went to like Torrid. You know, yeah, the hot, I know plus Torrid. size Hot Topic. Yeah, I don't know what like her hang up on that was. But when I became an adult, I was like, oh, I fit into a size six at the Gap. I'm a normal human being. <laughs> like, the, oh, okay. And I go to the doctor and he'd be like, you're perfectly healthy. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I think it's just women of that generation. Maybe if they didn't look like Jane Fonda, they thought they were garbage. Boys don't get this opportunity to... Um explore openly yeah maybe I feel like I don't know that's just a theory but I feel like uh I I personally think everyone is a little bit gay like 100% totally and it's there is science that backs that up not a lot the um what is this um it's just the idea that like like they tested neurological patterns when it comes to like sexual arousal arousal Mm -hmm. arousal <laughs> Only for her, um, uh, and and they just found that regardless of sexual orientation or gender, we all kind of get aroused by this similar images. Mm-hmm. You know, like even uh, if you identify as homosexual, you get aroused by straight porn. If you identify as straight, you get aroused by homosexual porn. If you're a heterosexual woman, you can still be aroused by. You know, it's just they basically just showed a small sample of people. Um, with a variety of orientations, different images, and they all kind of were aroused by the same things. Yeah, that's really cool. We're just aroused by like the pleasure of people, mm-hmm. whether we're imagining in our heads giving it or receiving it. Yeah, because it's really, I mean, it's all sex is, right? It's just human contact. Yeah, yeah, it's human contact and vulnerability and mm-hmm. affection in a lot of ways. And I, I also like this is just things I'll think about, but I also wonder like for for guys that mm-hmm. um mostly identify as straight but I've always wondered sure you know it goes even into I'm trying to think like how to word this because I feel like every time I, I think about this I've smoked weed um <laughs> and it doesn't make sense anymore but it's also something hard to grasp because we're not men so it's, yeah, yeah it's now I understand when they're like I can't understand what you're going through um mm-hmm. but it's even like is syntax the right word like it's even like just the words that are used like sure syntax yeah or what's oh semantics semantics it's yeah. like uh the fact that and i see this with the kids that i nanny they still use phrases like like gay and like oh that's gay or right. even or like man word. up yeah. Or, yeah or like that's like blah 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 and so but like if you think about like it's never said to women that way at least i've never experienced that where someone's like oh you're gay like no like even like yeah, Just, it's not making sense at all. Like in my mind, no, it's like I know what you mean. There. There's no shame for women around homosexuality. There yeah. is shame, but like we're not doing it to each other. I think as much. Yeah, because it was like it was like what Bobby was talking about in the last episode that it was like literally illegal. It was sodomy yeah. to have sex, consensual sex with another man, a man yeah. as another man. Where yeah, that hasn't been. And I could be totally wrong. I actually have not done any research on this, on um, what women had to deal with legally uh, uh, as sex, as a violation. I or mean, they like, probably, hmm, 
I honestly I do know. not know. I don't know either. And I, I don't feel comfortable like making any statements without really knowing. Yeah, I don't know what the history of that would be. I, I think women suffered from violence for smaller things. Yeah. So maybe it was more of like, um, like bigger fish to fry. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Although I, I remember uh, at one point in college, we read this book, um, Their Eyes Are Watching God. Oh, by Zora Neale Hurston? Yeah. yeah. Um, and there was just kind of this like, of course, it was like a white guy writing a literary analysis of the book. But he said something to the effect of like the main character in the book. It was like semi-autobiographical. And the main character was doing a bunch of things that like most women wouldn't be able to do. Mm-hmm. And he made this comment that's like because she was a black woman. So she's like super on the outskirts. She kind of is allowed to get away with things under the radar. Mm-hmm. And so and not to say that that's a good thing because it means that you're just always like subjugated but um i think it's this idea that like you if you're already broken in the eyes of everyone around you then you can kind of get away with doing things that are yeah continually considered to be broken yeah you know that makes sense that like they're not gonna care yeah because you're already a woman because you're you're already a woman (laughs) already you know taint you're already not a virgin anymore yeah already so many things like what does it matter if you're doing all this other stuff yeah i don't know that's my theory from my own personal experience which means it's worth very little <laughs> but this you know. is something I'm definitely going to look into more because it's something that I think about and I don't know why I haven't researched it right that's okay Ooh. or whatever oh I forgot that was on C is on whoops Uh-oh. nah it'll be fine um and Oh, God, there was, like, something else they did. Or they'd be, like, I had, like, all my teachers, I went to a very small, very small Catholic school where my graduating class uh, in eighth grade was 12, no, 14 people, 12 girls, two boys. Oh, my God. It was awful. Like, the hormones were ridiculous. (laughs) I was in love. And he knows this. I think I told him drunkly in college, but I was in love with my best friend um, who was one of the boys. At that school, because it was like him or his name. I have to. I'll have to bleep this out. His name was okay. It was like you were either in love with our pan or you were in love with <laughs> two very different choices. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I was in love with my best friend, but um, but all our teachers were women, and they'd be like, "Women can do anything, equality, et cetera, et cetera." But then I was like, "But then why can't women be priests? Why can't women be altar boys? Like, don't yes. tell me that we can be everything." Except these. Like, right. I do not want an asterisk next to we can be everything. We like, can be everything except for the biggest part, like the biggest point in power. Yeah. The priest. Yeah. And that's why, like, I know, like, Da Vinci's Code is like a bullshit book, but I kind of loved it because it was so female centric yeah. that I was like, fuck yeah, they're fucking. <laughs> she was related to Jesus. <laughs> if that is a spoiler for you guys, it's your fault. That book came out a long ass time ago. <laughs> but I, I was just that. like, I was like, I don't know. That's where they, that's where they lost me. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, religion loses me a lot. (laughs) Just a fucking ass out of myself. Yeah, I could throw back a bottle by myself real quick and be just fine. That's Mm -hmm. not, I don't know if I should be proud of that. It depends on the day. (laughs) That's fair. It depends on the day. (laughs) I feel like my Irish Catholic family is probably proud of it. Proud of that. Which is weird. I could probably bring home A's, but if I drank a whole bottle of wine, they'd be more proud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, us Irish Catholics. Are you still, do you consider yourself Catholic still? God, no. Okay, me neither. Fuck no. Uh, no. 
not since I stood up in like church and asked them about Noah and the hypocrisy of God. I sounded like a smart eight year old. I think I got dumber as I grew up, <laughs> but I still remember asking them about Noah and the Ten Commandments and murder and kind of laying out the hypocrisy of it all. Uh, yeah, and he just brushed me off and that in addition to the priest telling me that I was going to hell if I didn't come every Sunday, I was like, that doesn't sound right. That sounds like entrapment. That sounds like (laughs) bullshit. Yeah. Middle school, I think it was sixth grade. We were talking about souls and my, it was a a sis, a nun. I want to say her real name. I'm not gonna say her real name. It's her. I'm going to call her sister Mary or some shit. Um, she was saying, like, animals don't have souls. And so I was like, I'm sorry. You're telling me my beloved pet, Benji, <laughs> Benji, <laughs> when he dies, he's going to go to hell. And she, was, she went, yeah. Clearly she hasn't seen all dogs go to heaven. I know. <laughs> or all go- dogs go to heaven, too. <laughs> so I was like, done, peace. Like, you will not tell me that animals do not have souls. There's no way in hell. Like, Cross the line. You're so full of shit. <laughs> Ugh, I was done after that. It does, but I have to say personally, when I have a crap ton of vegetables, it's like it's a it's like a Pollock painting on my butt all of a sudden, like when I wipe. It's like (laughs) it's not I love the imagery. (laughs) You really can feel it. Like I'm there, I'm seeing it, I'm with you. It depends I think it depends. Like I know it's definitely like a better bowel movement if we're gonna go there. Yeah. Um, we are there. (laughs) I like how that's you being like, all right, (laughs) we're gonna get into it. Bowel movements. I hate the word bowels. That's why I'm like, oh, sure, sure. Did I go too far? Did you step over the line? Do people feel the same way about you? Now that you've. Yeah. Do you not like the word bowel? Bowel. It just reminds me of a hospital. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of my grandparents. And I think that's what's unnerving about it. I don't want to think about that. My grandparents' bowels. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to talk about my grandparents. Well, we can say the word bowel. Let's reclaim it. Well, thank you. And bowel. We're going to claim that. We're going to reclaim incel. Mm-hmm. Reclaim cunts. Yes. All the things. Slut. Slut. Bitch. bitch. All of it. Bitch. Bitch. Betches. Which I don't know if you guys are on Instagram. I, of course it, you are. Yeah. <laughs> Betches. What? <laughs> this is my boyfriend's fault because I slept on the couch. Nothing's making sense. You're okay. Um, I thought I was going to say. Way to have an active constructive conversation that could actually move people different ways. And I think that is what drives me crazy on Facebook too, is like, here's all these facts and you're stupid. It's like, well, once you put your stupid on it, they've they've blacked out. Like they're, they're done. I would, I do. Oh, me too. Like when the Bernie bros, I was like, you need to stop fucking with, I can't deal with you. Go bust a nut in the fleshlight then because I'm done with you. (laughs) Like, fuck you. Yeah. Or the Bernie would have won. Okay. Well, I don't think he would have actually. No. Yeah, well, we have no idea what, who would have, if he would have won. And yeah, it's like, just, just sort of. Like, you weren't really doing anything anyway, so. <laughs> was this worth it? I'm not really sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, you got a bloody nose. That was one of the funnier moments of that relationship. I also think. Um, that Fanta, specifically orange Fanta, yeah. is like made for vomiting. Oh, right. Yeah. Because I also have an orange Fanta vomit story where it was like my first colonoscopy. And um, this is back when like 
I don't know if you guys know anything about like colonoscopies. You no, shouldn't. I have no you're idea. Young. I was like, you have more than one. <laughs> I know I've had too many, but like you used to have to, they give you like a gallon jug, like a full gallon. And then like this weird solution. And you'd have to put the solution in the gallon jug and then drink half of the ga- half a gallon in 20 minutes. Wait 12 hours and drink the other half. It's better now. You don't have to do it. Like I did one last year and it was like the easiest thing ever. That's crazy. But it's really, so it's kind of like, it tastes like semen, like the solution, because it has that weird salty, like viscosity of just like, it's not a solid and it's not a liquid. And so I couldn't get it down. And my brother was like, because he'd also had colonoscopy, was like, you need to go grab a drink that you like and Mm. then like, like sandwich it, like do like a shot of Fanta, a shot of oh the my solution God. and a shot of Fanta again. So you can get like the taste that down. I had to put so much liquid in me that next thing I know I'm projectile vomiting orange Fanta, like fucking what's her face from the exorcist onto oh my, my mom's pristine, like ridiculously white bathroom holy shit yeah and she's like screaming at me she's like you better be getting it in the toilet i was not getting in the toilet because it literally just went like straight like to the window and now i can never drink fanta because when i smell fanta i smell that like semen colonoscopy solution oh and i'm done i'm still drinking phantom you're like i'm I'm still done this stone i just won't do i just won't get pat after so that's like my new (laughs) that's like my new rule that's the boundary honestly i've never guys i hope you had a great time listening to this episode i had a blast uh again if you really like the episode subscribe share like rate i would love 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 for you guys to start putting your awkward sex dating relationship masturbating family stories on the reviews and i will if you want me to read them out loud you can also email me at awkward sex and the city at gmail.com see you in two weeks i love you guys bye